this is Open Source Futures and I'm Eddie Chu, where I discuss current news through the lens of long-term trends and futures thinking. I'm taking you through the different axes to organize the various trends as part of the process to, pro to create scenarios. So I talked about politics the other time, and now I'm going through uh, its axis. I've covered the political, social, and technological axis in part because I feel they are able to cover most of what we want to talk about, and I think the discussions there should give you sufficient things to work with. I'll quickly cover the economics and the environment stuff because they overlap in terms of the framework. And by now you would also have noticed some of the broader patterns, so I hope that it's easy for you to follow. With the economics things, I've mentioned before that market ideologies are shifting, so over the next few years we might see ideas such as shareholder maximization and free market fundamentalism being contested. It is not easy to see how this will go because this is ultimately something about markets versus states and versus society, and people are deciding in the end. In the US, it's a contest, and in Europe, it seems that the state and society partnership might come first, and in Asia, it clearly is the state that has dominance. On the environment side, it's quite clear that you have climate change being the biggest variable. It is also not uh, no longer a question about when, but how much, uh, how much climate change is happening, and how catastrophic it will be. So one would have to create scenarios for climate where climate would be a, a predetermined factor, and the only variance would be in how serious this could happen. You could plausibly build scenarios about pollution regulations, um, but and that will be a meaningful project, but that will probably be a niche one. Other, but I could be wrong because you know this is futures, and who knows that we might discover some kind of pollutant might actually have some kind of outsized impact. But there are other things to think about. So there are uncertainties in environmental consciousness. How much thinking will there be about nature in everyday lives, or how? Or where might we be about the carbon footprint in the everyday things around us? So that could change, and that, that's extremely volatile. That could change very quickly and in big ways. Okay, so that's for environment and economics. Uh, that's broadly, uh, I've discussed what some of the predetermined trends might be, and uh, what some of the uncertainties that you might be looking out for. So you might have noticed that throughout the series, I'm more attentive to the big uncertain things that could go either way. Big things are impactful and they can have large effects and they change the structure of how we do things and how we conduct our everyday lives. Uh, this is why I often look at ideologies because they, are, they usually have big impact and they can last for generations, but they can also change quickly. So I've also been looking at things that have clear directions, and this is an idealized, stylized view that you can build a more nuanced picture later on. So as you look back in your own scenarios, you can also do the same. Look for things that have huge impacts, but unclear where things could go, and be clear to yourself where things could go and how they can have very different, diametrically opposing directions. So a very quick run through. In the social domain, it's about ideologies and things like open, generic openness and closeness. In technology, it's about, so sorry, closeness as in C-R-O-S-E-D-N-E-S-S, -S, so in how, how close people are in terms of their thinking and attitudes. Uh, more like the big five uh, openness to new experiences kind of thing. In technology, it's, about, it's often about adoption and pace, and it can also be about the structure of the industry that you're looking at. In the economics, uh, I've mentioned it's ideologies and the power of markets. 
in the environment, I just mentioned it's about the pace of climate change and regulation around pollutants. And in politics, it's about the structure of power, how concentrated the actors are, and uh, how many actors there are as well. So in all of these domains, uh, as I mentioned, there's usually something about concentration or distributed structures. Whether the power structures are held closely by a minority, so that can be in society, in economics, in environment, and so forth, or whether they are held by a lot of people uh, among a wider group of actors. So you might have also picked up on uh, how you can uh, identify the axes, how you can identify the trends that can form the structure for your scenarios. So you want to do it in a way that can um, prioritize high uncertainty and high impact trends. So you want to figure out how you can identify those and you can use your own metrics. And there's nothing, there's not a set formula for this and it's up to you and maybe the team to figure out uh, what you want to look at. So the thing about impact is obvious. We want to identify the things that matter and there is often a quantitative element to this. So for instance, the, the, the the hypothetical market, or if you want business speak, the kind of adjustable market that you could look at. Um, it can, but impact can also be qualitative. So in terms of ideologies, how do they shift? That's almost purely a, a qualitative sense. So, I mean, you could use surveys to figure out this, but um, surveys, it's pretty decent methodology. Uh, you could use that. Um, but in terms of the lived experience and how people are experiencing their lives, you might need a different kind of technique for that. So I guess the last thing to say about axes is that they have to be things that are far apart from each other. They can't be too similar or touch too much on the same things, so or they tend to become a bit strained and difficult to tell rich stories about. So that's the goal, right? The only consideration is whether you can tell rich stories about. And if you have, have axes that overlap on the same things, uh, or they are too similar, then you get the problem of um, that you really don't have much to talk about because uh, uh, they are either logically inconsistent with each other um, or you find yourself lim being limited by the kinds of stories you can tell. Um, th but they can be about the same domains though, they just have to be a right uh, orthogonal, they have to be quite different from each other. So. It's, it is definitely possible to talk about different political trends or different economic trends uh, as long as you find it relevant. So there you have it. That's how you can make scenarios. Um, if you have been following this and you have been doing your own scenarios, you now come to the point of filling in the scenarios and making them come alive. So a very easy way to make your scenarios come alive is to make headlines or tweets or social media posts or other short things like that. So what are the tweets, headlines or social media posts that might be happening in that world. So these simple things provide a tip of the iceberg kind of feeling to let readers know that there is a wider world out there beyond the headline. So in the context of a presentation and communication, the rest of the time could easily be spent describing the trends and the drivers that led to that particular headline. Just remember though that in most corporate environments, presenting the scenarios is only the end of the beginning of the process that there might be further work elaborating the implications of the scenarios on current corporate strategies and how to fine-tune them to meet emerging challenges. So you really need to have your facilitator game going. You need to be able to work together with different people, uh, with different inclinations towards futures, and you have to try to um, not say convince them or persuade them of 
of how right you are, but more in terms of including them in the process and trying to figure out their motivations. So that is a really difficult thing to do, but um, that's part, part and parcel of the process of doing scenarios. Just to say that there is actually a, a totally different way to build scenarios. Uh, you don't have to follow the 2 by 2 axis, for instance, that, uh, that's commonly used. Another way you can do that is through something called the, uh, the uh, what you call that? So another way is called the dream data for futures, and it's for futures because um, uh, Jim Data is this one of these founding figures of future studies. is a political science, used to be a political science professor at the University of Hawaii. And what he kind of realized was there were broadly four scenarios. So they are business as usual, collapse, discipline, and transformation. So business as usual is uh, is a one is is a linear extrapolation of current realities. So you get current complaints and uh, and you just try to imagine conventional solutions uh, stretching out to uh, the time horizon you're looking at. Uh, so that's uh, business as usual. And then you have another one that's uh, called discipline. So in discipline, there is often a tight sense of control, a strong sense of limits, and uh, there is a lot of uh, struggle and survival to try to make things work, even as problems are going up and up and up. And then you get collapse and transformation. Also, collapse means that um, uh, things have broken down, uh, things have uh, gone to incredible uh, areas of scarcity, and there is a lot of just struggle for survival. And then you get transformational, where a kind of a revolution happens and a new paradigm takes over. So as you construct your scenarios, you can play with different configurations of uh, all of these things. So um, they are not meant to be uh, simplistic in a sense that oh you just say oh this is in, in a world where uh, where the business as usual happens and that's it or, and oh uh, I'm taking the discipline view and this is my view of the scenarios and then no it's 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 more like trying to think about how you can weave in all the trends that you have looked at and try to frame it through uh, the the four futures that you have so you might take one or two again or four or five of the trends that you're looking at. And trying to figure out what might happen in the world of discipline in that kind of world. Uh, how, how are your trends? How are the objects that you're looking at? How are they changing and responding to the world that you've created? Um, so, yeah, so there are all these. And of course, Dream Data's for Futures is just one way of doing that. And there are, again, many other ways of doing that. But uh, usually what I've been aware of is uh, these two techniques. Um, so, yeah, another thing to say is that in, a, in scenarios in the wild that I've seen, at least in the corporate products that I've seen, they don't usually do four futures per se. Uh, sometimes they do instead uh, three futures. So uh, Shell, the Shell company has done uh, futures projects where I've seen two or three different futures. Um, so in their new land scenarios, there's, for instance, there's ocean, uh, a world of flows, there's uh, uh, earth, mountains, a uh, world of mountains, a world of frictions, and there's sky, where there's kind of a transformative uh, 
revolution to renewable energy. So there are different ways to do that. Uh, you can mix and match different kinds. You might find that the 2x2 matrix might sometimes map onto the four futures, but doesn't always happen that way. So these are different ways for you to do it. So there you have it, the, um, the scenarios thing. So I've completed the STEP stuff, and I've also told you about two different ways of scenario constructions. I told you about the shell method 2x2, where you identify trends by impact and uncertainty, and then you uh, create scenarios out of them, or you can use gym data's for futures. So these are just uh, generic tools that you can use, so it's really up to you to figure out how you want to use them. And as usual, if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, there's a whole series to look at now. And uh, and if you want to contribute in any way, it's patreon.com slash opensourcefutures, opensourcefutures, one word, or uh, buy me a copy at opsourcefutures. Thanks, and see you next time.